0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the From the Clubhouse podcast, your weekly antidote to tour golf. You'll be listening to this as the PGA Championship is taking place, more than likely, but you won't hear about that on today's podcast. Oh no, we're only interested in issues affecting club golfers up and down the country, what you're happy about, what you're not happy about, how much you're playing, how little you're playing, how hard it is to get better, will people stop going on about growing the game? And as ever, I am welcomed by my regular co-host, Steve Carroll. This is a very different start to our podcast, Tom. Yes, it is. We're, we're going up. We're going up in the podcast leagues. So I've decided we need a proper intro, so we're having a proper intro and some proper music. Yeah, I don't think you should talk about the music until you've actually delivered the music. Personally, <laughs> well, it'll be the same music as every
1: week, so people will be people, there'll be no surprises there, Tom.
0: I've probably got the golf bug, Steve.
1: I have heard that you have been on the practice ground
0: a bit yeah. too often for my liking. It's sort of a, it's a combination of things, I think. I mean, obviously, it's sunny that helps, doesn't it? The weather has turned for the better. That is true. Yeah, I think I'm getting swept along by um, the enthusiasm of. Uh, one of our new, newer members of staff, who's also sort of relatively new to golf, uh, Tom, who's packed in playing semi-professional rugby, has properly got the golf bug. Uh, and uh, it, the enthusiasm is, 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 is infectious. I'm not sure I've ever been, I mean, look, I
1: love my golf, Tom, but I've never loved my golf enough to be chipping at 7am at Sanmo. Been
0: this morning as well. Is that three days in a row? Been to Scarcroft this morning to do the Trackman combined test and again a game of par eighteen.
1: To be fair, um, though, I yeah. mean,
0: like listeners will not know that you can be
1: quite sort of obsessive about things. I mean, you you, you are basically all in on nothing, right?
0: I just think if you're going to
1: do something, you should try and do it properly.
0: But it's the t- <laughs> sustaining it that is my.
1: Issue. Well, perhaps if you like had something else in your life and didn't do it 24 hours a day, then you'd be able to sustain it for longer.
0: Maybe, you get, yeah. You're
1: gonna you're gonna burn yourself out, mate, with all this chipping. Although you are gonna become very good at
0: chipping for a while, I will grant you that. <laughs> so yeah, me and Jack were at Samo yesterday. Me and Tom been to Skycroft this morning. Uh, had a lesson on Tuesday. I've played uh, twice, I think. I played. Yeah, played twice since we last spoke. Once, absolutely remarkably, actually. So, me and Hannah have been playing in the uh, the pairs, the four ball, backball ball pairs, Woodley, uh, where you can have any combination of men and women playing as you as you two. Um, and we're in the second round, and we were in the second round. Uh oh. Anyway, with this, you are. Uh oh, I- I'm not sure. I like the past tense here we had this absolutely incredible game we played against um a guy who's sort of recently retired and he's pretty focused on his goal for his handicaps coming down so last time we played him, he moves off sort of 17 or 18 he's got himself down to 13 so we're giving him 14 shots and then we're playing someone off one um he was also getting a couple off me uh and Hannah's handicap's a bit strange in this thing so she goes from plus three to I think I I think I give her one as well um so it's like a decent group um and it was, it, the sort of standard of golfer was pretty good from the get-go. And then there was just this unbelievable run of holes from uh, the 7th to the 14th. So basically par 3 to par 3 round Old Woodley's Amen Corner. I've never seen anything like it, and I've been playing golf for 30-odd years. So uh, the high handicapper in the opposition had a 2-net 1 at the 7th, so that's a 1. Uh, and then the 8th, which is par 5, was halved in net eagles. So we're currently four under for those two holes. Then the high handicap had another net one at the ninth. So now we're six under. Uh, the tenth is a par four off the yellow. So then we had uh, we halved that in fours. So we're still six under for four holes. Uh, then Hannah had a, a ho- an actual hole in one at the 11th, uh, which was good enough for a win, thank God. Uh, so that got us <laughs> to eight under for five holes. Um, Hannah made birdie at the twelfth, nine under for six holes. Uh, she made birdie at the thirteenth, 10 under for 7-0s. And then your man, high handicapper, made another net two at the fourteenth, 11 under for 7-0s. Have you ever, can you tell me if you've ever been involved? In- I was basically just carrying my bag for 7-0s. I don't think I've ever heard of
1: um, a player who had hole-in-one birdie-birdie in a stretch
0: and, Still, presumably, lost the match. I mean, how much did you go down by? Yeah, we lost in extra. We lost on the nineteenth, mainly due to my abject failure to make four from the middle of the fairway at the 18, um, which was quite depressing, and I'm not sure I'll ever quite get over it. So, um, so they did make four, did they? Your opponents? No, uh, they made. It was all square, and we halved in fives. So uh-huh. Although it was a little bit of controversy, Steve, because. One of them was out of the hole completely, and one of them was getting a shot, and he sort of batted his put up for five net four to about a foot and a half, and then he just picked it up without was actually conceding it. Uh, uh oh! Obviously, we didn't say anything.
1: Uh, and then we well, that's that's thing. very good of you because there have been professional examples of people who
0: have very strongly said something. Well, I know it was a bit, it was very similar to Gimme Gate, very similar indeed. Uh, Anyway, and then uh, that guy made 4-3 uh, at the first for us to lose on the 19th. You don't want to win so again. Hannah, Hannah, Hannah shot 67 with her own ball and lost. So Correct. that tells you everything you need to know about my golf. What's the par for her as well? About 74, I think. So she was basically like 7-under. Yeah. Unbelievable so, scenes. So that was pretty cool. Anyway, then I'm also playing with Hannah in the mixed foursomes and we, uh, we bounced back. Oh for the 2, two and one victory on Monday afternoon.
1: I've just conceded uh my first match play game because I just can't get I'm just not going to be able to get it done. What? I know I've given a walkover.
0: That is absolutely terrible.
1: It is awful. It is it is absolutely awful. I mean I'm rightly ashamed of myself but I just I just can't get the game in before the deadline.
0: Well, we're going to do uh... Golf Room 101, aren't we, today? That's going to be our topic, things that need kicking out of the game. I, I think that that may that maybe should be in there. It'll, be, it'll have to be yours, because I did it, so it's not going to be mine. <laughs> the other reason I'm, I'm full of enthusiasm is uh, I got an unexpected email from TaylorMade, our podcast sponsors, um, on my return from California, saying they are going to send me the clubs that I was fitted for, which I wasn't expecting. Ooh. So I'm basically spending my whole day sat on the doorstep of the office waiting for a DHL drive to arrive. Mine are going quite well, you'd be pleased
1: to note. Um, On a recent trip to Scotland, um, they fashioned a 38 on the bat nine at the King Robert the Bruce at Turnberry. So that was good. I did not put my card in.
0: Sorry, say this again. You had a 38
1: on the... 38 on the bat nine of the King Robert the Bruce at Turnberry very tight course very nice yeah. very
0: straight driving very good irons i was very pleased 38, 38 is like two over two over yeah so the problem is now in your head you think you're four on the gapper
1: don't you no because it was 44 on the front nine so you yeah, know, i'm not in any way under any illusions but i would have shot right. if had up had interoperability been in place and i'd been able to do the world handicap score digitally through my app i this will be coming soon. I'm, I'm told very soon. I would have put a score in that day. Yeah. But I
0: couldn't be bothered with the faff. So I'm yeah. going to start this weekend instead. So I'm very enthusiastic about these tailor-made. So I've got irons, uh, wedges, um, I've got MC irons, wedges, uh, stealth driver, stealth three-wood all coming. This is very yeah. exciting which is going to really help because at the moment I've got an absolute ragtag bag. I haven't even got a pitching wedge. I've had the same wedges for about three years. Uh, so I'm in need of a refresh. You're going to be getting, you're going to be spinning the ball back off the greens like a PGA Topra. Well, that is another thing I need. I need some more spins. Um, so right, Golf 101, people who enter knockout competitions and don't even get the first round played, Well, look, in my defense, right, at least I
1: contacted my opponent ahead of time and said, I'm very sorry, I will not be able to make this commitment. I have recorded the result in your favor. Congratulations for the rest of the competition. What I did not do was say bugger all and then basically watch as both of us got knocked out on a DQ technicality.
0: Right, so you're saying that you've done a dishonourable thing as honourably as it's possible to do.
1: I've done the honourable thing by realising that I could not fulfil my commitment. All right, perhaps some criticism should come my way for entering the thing in the first place, realising that I'd probably have a busy May. Um, but I, I feel like I feel like my character is intact. I've, I've no problems with my conscience here, Tom. I didn't sleep badly last night. I, there was no tossing and turning. Felt fine about it. Fair
0: enough i'm just mad for you. i'm just i'm
1: just disappointed
0: and my opponent feels happy about it cuz he's in round 2 oh well the other thing i was thinking uh now you've got some time on your hands um all of this enthusiasm for golf i'm going to enter some competitions i think i'm going to enter the i'm going to enter open qualifying so that could be some good podcast fodder you may become a caddy ooh that would be a very good piece
1: i'd enjoy yeah. that um and it would save me from refereeing it, actually, as well, because that, that would, I, would, I would basically try I would, my, my other thing for open qualifying day was just to turn up on the day and present myself to the officiating team.
0: Could be very Give, bad news to me, couldn't it? Why is Tom's scores skyrocketed? Well, because his Caddy's a referee.
1: I'll keep you on the straight and narrow, Thomas.: Exactly. Um, are right. going to hang on though, hang on. Are you going where are you going to play for a start? Because I've noticed a trend in the north recently. In that uh, a lot of players from around our parts will either play at Old Woodley, which is obviously the local, or they'll go so like last year I think they went to a few went to Fairhaven. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna is familiarity going to breed contempt? Or are you gonna try and take advantage of home
0: comforts? Well, so last night I went to kids cricket coaching. Um I had a pint of pale ale afterwards, uh, and then I went home, put the kids to bed, watched Champions League, well in fairness, I actually turned the Champions League off and watched Ted Lasso, can't bear Man City being so good, um, and, and then I got my laptop out and started searching open competitions, uh, that's the sort of stage that we're at, um, so I then tried to find the entry for the open qualifying, it's a very difficult thing to find. You can find a lot of information about it, but it's very difficult to find the actual well, forms. I haven't actually I, done it yet. I'm sorry, I'm going to like pick you up on this because I've written
1: a piece about entry for open qualifying, and the forms literally in the piece.
0: Oh, okay. you just have to right. click on it. You need to sort out your SEO then, because I didn't find <laughs> it when I googled it. <laughs> um, anyway, I was having this exact conversation in my head because I've quite obviously got quite a lot of scar tissue at Allwoodley, and I've also got quite a lot of scar tissue in open qualifying at Aldwoodley. it's never gone well. Uh, but hang on. Stuff? That's well, not true, because it went well the year that you got to final qualifying. Yeah, but that was at uh, West Langs. Final qualifying was at West Langs, but regional qualifying wasn't. No, 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 because it was COVID affected. There's a big asterisk oh. by that achievement. Oh, thanks for putting me right. So the way, the way they did it last year was that they, there was basically way, way fewer, if any, international entrants, because of travel restrictions and all the rest of it. And because they were trying to kind of pretend we were in like a bio bubble, they did um, regional and local all in one place. Um, It was when the World Cup was on and the whole thing was just, it was not a very pleasant experience. I I think I shot 73 twice on the Sunday, which was the local bit. Sorry, the regional bit. Um, Sorry, I shot 73 in the first bit and I went out very early and it was very unclear whether that was going to get through or not. So I'd sort of teed off at eight, and then I literally sat there until nine o'clock for the last groups to come in and see if i qualified. In the end, I'd qualified by two, I think. Um, and then you were then back there again on the Tuesday for another two laps of West Langs. West Langs is a big favourite of mine, so I was sort of delighted to do it. Uh, and I actually got it under par at one point. I think I was one under par, and I ended up on a leaderboard, um, and at the time, four or five under was qualifying. And I, I honestly, I think I had a panic attack. Um, anyway, and then I missed England-Germany in the Euros or whatever it was. But Old Woodley is a mixed bag, is it? Old Woodley's is a very mixed bag. I'm not sure i I ever managed better than maybe 75 or 74, possibly, in the Open qualifier at Old Woodley. Uh, but I think they are going to change it slightly this year, move some of the tees up from a pace of play point of view, which will help the older members of the field. I mean, but
1: not sure how much I should say about this, but I was I was part of the officiating team last year at Woodley, Woodley regional qualifying, and pace of play, pace of play was brutal. It was absolutely brutal because obviously conditions were tough, rough was up. You've got. A couple of hotspot places on that golf course. Don't want to go on it about it too long. For, obviously, for the for listeners who don't know too much about Old Woodley, all I'll say is, at various points of the golf course, there is a lot of heather, there is a lot of thick rough, and there are many places
0: from where you can lose your ball. Yeah, and there's there's a problem. Pace of play in that particular run is a problem because you have wallys like me, you really have no place being there. Uh, the course is obviously set up pretty difficult. Uh, and people are taking it seriously because for some people it's like an actual thing.
1: Well, it is, isn't it? I mean, it was 150th open qualifying last year. It was special.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that WHS has meant there's people off uh, lower handicaps than previously. So there's more people eligible to enter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, we didn't come here to talk about open qualifying, did we? But I do think this, we should uh, try and carve out some content ops from this reinvigorated uh, golf career. Um, right, how are we going to do this Golf's Room 101 then? Well, so Well, maybe, we me to to...
1: <laughs> maybe me caddying for you later in the year will end up in Golf's Room 101, who knows?
0: <laughs> well, Towns entered it in the Brabazon qualifying one year, which did not go well, although it did make quite a good piece. Um, so, yeah, I think we probably should do that. Um, how are we going to do this, uh, golf room one hundred and one? Then, so do people know what room one hundred and one is? Do you I think, think? so. Our, our audience are a learned bunch. They've read, they've read nineteen eighty four, or
1: they've watched the, or they've watched the John Hurt film. Or if you're of a younger audience, you've probably watched the Frank Skinner TV show. There's pl- plenty of audio. There's plenty of ways that people know what room one hundred and one is. It's things you hate.
0: Yeah, it's things that you would like,
1: or, or that you fear. It's not that you hate; it's that you fear, isn't it? It's your my kids, room one hundred and one is your worst fear.
0: My kids play a game called Roblox, and when you sort of like kill a character, they call it oofing off, and it's things you want to oof off, isn't it?
1: <laughs> is that is that the Yorkshire accent? Their best Yorkshire
0: accents oof off. I don't know. I've oofed him off, Daddy. Okay. Fine. <laughs> So golf's room 101 are things that we would like to see oofed out of the game. Uh, I'm going to put some caveats in. Um, So I don't want us uh, discussing sort of familiar tropes like uh, iron head covers or white belts. I think these things have sort of been done to death and they also go without saying, don't they?
1: But you've you've obviously been having to think then, because in the pre-show notes, that was all you'd put down on your list, white
0: belts and... Iron head covers. That was 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 only to stimulate some thoughts, like to sort of think this kind of thing, Steve. (laughs) Uh, I'm saying saying that um, like if you and I were going to, if we'd never met and someone had arranged for us to play golf, then I would definitely WhatsApp you before saying, just to be clear, you can't have, don't wear a white belt, no iron head covers, and please only wear one glove. They sort of go without saying, don't they?
1: Well, what is your? I know we're slightly off track here, but I mean, how are you on other coloured belts?
0: Well, I know you've got a blue one. I have got a blue one. I just think it's a pretty simple rule. On, I mean, we are now talking about it. I said I wouldn't. But what, what I'm saying is that these things are already in Golf Room 101, right? To be joined by some other things. Uh, I'm saying that the rule on belts is would you wear it to the pub? And if you wouldn't, why on earth are you playing golf in it? it's the only one i've got so would you wear a baby blue double depth belt with a massive great gaudy uh, buckle to go to watch middlesbrough no you wouldn't. no i would not right so that can go in as well it's not even hard i'm glad we're clear uh, so i think we should take it in turns um i think i'll be the arbiter of whether they go, you actually I think the the way we'll do it is the other person has to... You have to get consensus that it belongs in Room 101, otherwise it stays out. Ah. Very much like the TV show, then. Yeah. Do you want the honour or not the honour? No, I'll, I'll go second. Are we playing Ready podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, maybe that should go
1: in, Room 101. No one knows how to do it. Uh, well, I think you can you can go first. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Um, I am, I'm going to start with a controversial one, then. Trolleys with remote controls.
0: Trolleys with remote
1: controls? Trolleys with remote controls. I mean, I mean, I, I don't even have an electric trolley because I'm not 80, um, so I don't need mechanical assistance to sort of push my clubs around the golf course. But I do accept that um, people like a sort of electric trolley and um, like a bit of assistance when they come around. But I think trolleys with remote controls are just a bit too far for a 24 handicap golfer. And you know the ones I mean, the ones where you sort of, the, the the trolley is like miles in front of you and they're being controlled by some little like thing that's in their hands. And I think if this went if this went smoothly, it would be fantastic. But I've seen so many occasions when people have had these trolleys where they've ended up like almost in, Water, or almost hitting trees, or they forget that they, or they forget to stop them, and the trolley just goes wandering off in the distance while they're on the green.
0: It's just, just like have a push trolley, guys. Put it to the side. Get on with it. Is that a real thing? Is that ever actually happened, or are you just making it up? No, I've, de- I've
1: definitely, I have definitely seen. Trolley I mean I've seen it with electric trolleys as well, but I've definitely seen trolleys that people think they've stopped and they haven't stopped and they just keep going on. I've definitely you, seen a trolley I mean, go into a pond. Who have you been playing golf with Benny Hill? <laughs> I play golf with lots of different people, Tom. It's the it's the joys of being a loner at a at a big golf club. You play with all sorts.
0: All I can hear is the Benny Hill theme tune. Which is exactly the image that I want to put in your head we've successfully done that it's just i don't know if i've ever actually seen it i mean i've seen it on the internet right enough
1: on like, and we all uh, know that what we all know tom that what on, what's
0: on the internet is true i've seen it on uh, you've been framed to continue the game show theme <laughs> i'm not sure i've ever seen it in real life i'll tell you what my problem with that sort of thing is that it's i can't do it like so i think if you said to me here's a remote control for your trolley then, first of all, I'd lose the remote control instantly, and having more things in my pocket would just do my head in. There's already enough stuff jingling around in your pockets when you're playing golf, isn't there?
1: Well, I was so at, be a problem um, for me. I mean, I, I, it, it doesn't help that I'm abs- absolutely terrible at controlling any sort of electronic oh. device on a golf course as well. So, I was at Turnbury last week. Did I tell you that? I was at Turnbury no. last week. Um, and, <laughs> and, for the final round on the Ailsa on the championship course, when we came to the clubhouse, my, um, my little pencil bag, my little Sunday bag was actually affixed to an electric trolley, like a higher trolley. So I thought, fine. Then I almost drove it into the stone, um, the stone sort of marker on the first course (laughs) because I couldn't, I couldn't get it to stop.
0: So maybe I'm just talking about my failings as much as anything else. Yes, yeah, so I think I'm. I think I'm with you on that. As in, I don't think, I don't think I would. I don't have the capacity to uh, to use one. And there's too many things to think about. When you're playing golf anyway, so, uh, just a pencil bag for me, please. But I don't know if I'm that offended by someone else using one. I think I might quite if 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 I could like watch someone else use one competently. But like Hannah uses one of those follow trolleys sometimes, and it does look quite. I don't know. It's quite sort of satisfying watching it follow her around. I wouldn't say I'm offended by it. I'd say I fear it. Hmm. I don't think it's going in
1: for me. This is not a good start for me, is it? Uh, this is not. This is not good. That was like one of my prime ones as well. I mean, when I get onto some of my when I get onto some of my stupider ones, Tommy, you're just going to be laughing at me, aren't you?
0: I just don't think it's universally offensive. I just think that you know there are people with bad backs out there, Steve. There are people that want to be pushing a push trolley around. Live and let live. I, I, I'm sorry, but if you've got
1: a bad back, perhaps golf, a sport where you have to engage your back in swinging a golf club, is
0: probably not the best sport for you. Well, oh, come on. We've all got packs. No, it's not happening. Right. My first one is Parkland Golf.
1: <laughs> we are ploughing a furrow here already. All right. Go on. Explain. Bear in mind that I play on a Parkland slash Heathland golf course. So you're going to have to really sell this one to me.
0: Uh, I think that Parkland golf is basically the golfing equivalent of um, like a Cabriolet car. I think it's good in theory, uh, but in practice it's useful on approximately one day of the year. Um, And I think it says an awful lot about someone's character. uh, If you ask them what their favorite golf course is and they start listing Parklands, I think it sort of basically means they don't get it. Um, so I'd sooner just vanquish Parkland Golf into Room One Hundred and One, and just have a bit of a bit of just have a bit of a clean a clean out, and all of those Parkland Golf fans can go in there as well.
1: I mean, if if you turned up on my doorstep with your general election leaflets and that was that was your argument, you wouldn't be getting my vote, frankly.
0: Oh I, I wouldn't be getting your vote. You wouldn't
1: be getting my vote. Come on, I mean not everyone has access to world class Heathlands and golf courses like you do. Some people who play in Middle England, all they've got is parklands.
0: Well, I mean that is I mean you that is you've absolutely straw manned the argument there because you've just tried to you're just trying to turn it into a class war where I think I'm, what I'm doing is the opposite. So there are there are several reasons why Heath and links golf is the only form of golf that is worth is worth playing. Would you like me to begin? Well, you've you've not got me so
1: far so yeah make your case.
0: Well, one the ball moves on the ground. So it is therefore an infinitely more interesting and varied game. Uh, it is it by very definition has is more multidimensional therefore it's more sophisticated, more interesting more interactively challenging, more varied. Uh, And the golf course plays a huge role in that because the ball has to be allowed to move on the ground. The golf course needs to be possible when the ground is bouncy. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is park and golf is is required for it to be absolutely pristine for it to be any good, right? There needs to be not a blade of grass out of place. And the conditions underfoot have to be absolutely perfect. My experience with parkland golf is that for six months of the year, they are literally like a bog because they're often based on clay soil, and for the remaining six months of the year, they're far too bouncy because the, the clay soils dried out and the golf course becomes impossible to play. So I think you can have a nice time at parkland on May the tenth, and that's basically your lot. a lot. I mean,
1: the the brief silence should should really be sort of um, symptomatic of the contempt that I have for this, your for this point, current debate. To your point. I'm not uh, slagging off my own course and <laughs> agreeing with you. It's not a Parkland, is it? It is a Parkland-Heathland, yeah. It's a Heathland. It's parts of it a Heathland. Parts of it are very Parkland.
0: Well, I mean, that's, that's too tight a definition. Hmm. I'm not I'm not at the risk
1: of basically mortally offending ninety percent of our podcast audience because the vast majority of golfers <laughs> play on parklands this is not going into
0: room 101 uh, and then what I'd also say is that to your point it's not it's not about uh, a golfing class thing like some of the best my best golfing experiences my favorite golf course in the country is Seacroft in Lincolnshire which, Without looking, I suspect you can go and play for 25 quid tomorrow. It's like a work a day links course and it's absolutely amazing. I could choose anywhere to play for the rest of my days, I would choose there. It's not, and I would argue the opposite in that most of the kind of like bag tag, valet parking, get a buggy, do you want some free teas, They're all parklands. Well, that's because the large majority of English golf is parkland golf. No, in- England is unique unique in the world for its uh, prevalence of heathland and sandy-soiled inland golf courses. Which is so rare that it's protected by natural England and you can't do anything to it anywhere because it, because there's not enough of it. I think, what do you want me to do? Start listing heathlands. But there's <laughs> hundreds of them. There's more
1: parklands.
0: Right. Okay.
1: We haven't got off to a good start here, have we? We're, what, are you been... saying that's not going in? No, it's not going in. No, absolutely
0: I mean, not. What did, not hear, what did you not hear what I said about what this says about people's characters? I did. I chose, I chose to ignore it. Right, okay. Where are we setting it? Ha-
1: Listen, room 101, it should be a tough standard. It shouldn't just nil, be putting no. any old stuff in there. So, nil-nil. Okay, right. This is my go. What was the score at Borough last night, by the way? Oh, you absolute peace um, we lost 1-0 super Michael Carrick's team wasn't super unfortunately was this the semis? it was the second leg of the playoff, championship playoff yes, I'm a borough boy for those who care, the vast majority of our audience I suppose won't but yes it was a very dispiriting experience at the Riverside Stadium we go again and as Michael Carrick likes to say
0: that's football but he is very well thought of, right?
1: Yeah. I, I think our biggest problem at the moment will be will he still be with us in August or will he have been will he have ascended to some Premier League playing? Yeah. Like perhaps at a former club such as West Ham. But we'll see. Right, I'm having another go. Let's see if we can get this one in. Come on. Man. People who drop out
0: on the morning of a competition. But I mean I don't I don't I can't believe you've got the temerity to say that after you've just told the world that you've pulled out of the knockout Yeah, I dropped I, Yeah, I dropped out 2 weeks before the deadline
1: and gave plenty of time. What I'm talking about here is people who sort of look out the window or look at the forecast, see that it might be a bit spotty and go, "Oh, I'm not going to play in that medal." And all that stableford, and leave you bereft and without partners, which has happened to me loads of times over my years in golf. I've sort of got to the golf course. This, I mean, I've got to the golf course pre-digital days. At least in digital now, you get a sense of who's being cowardly. Um, but I used to get to the golf course, and the um, the pro would say to me, or the person in the shop would say to me, "Oh yeah, your partners have dropped out this morning because there's been a bit of rain, and currently we can't pair you with anyone." We're trying to find someone, but you might have to wait for 35 minutes or you might have to go out. Or, or, or do you see that group that are basically just preparing the tee off? Maybe you, can, maybe you can go and ask them if you can go and play with them. If I sign up for a competition, I think when it gets to the morning, unless it's an emergency, when it gets to the morning of the comp, if your name is in there, it should be as if it's written in blood. It should basically turn up under all circumstances. But what if it, what if it is an emergency? Well, then that's fine. But, I mean, all I can say is through the years, if every person who's dropped out of a competition with me, maybe it says something about me, probably does say something about me, but if every person who dropped out of a competition on the morning of playing with me had an emergency, gosh, dear, the, the hospitals would be full.
0: So are you finding this happens to you a lot? It, it, well, it happens to me not infrequently. I can see where you're going with this. I'm just saying that often the answer lies within, doesn't it,
1: Steve? <laughs> I do think it is a thing um, among certain golfers to get up in the morning, have a look at the forecast, have a look outside, and if it's a bit rainy, say, oh, I don't fancy this today, I'll just pull out.
0: So it's never happened to me. or well, I certainly can't remember it happening to me. Yeah, but you don't play competitions at all, Woodley. And your competitions have basically got about eight people
1: in them anyway. So it
0: not does. stop making it personal. <laughs> Honestly. Terrible. <laughs> Jesus. Immediately on the front four. <laughs> Forward defensive, mate. Unbelievable. Um and I'm I am much more likely to be the person who is doing the pulling out on the morning uh, of the competition. Guilty discharged. Would it wouldn't be for reasons of um not wanting to play because of the re- weather or the uh, sort of my golf form, it would just be for reasons of I'm uh, shambles. So I'll have woken up and I've said, Right, I'll pay play golf today. My missus said, We well, can't do that because you've got kids coming out of your ears and you've got eight parties to go to. And don't you remember we're going to your mum and dad's? Do you not like have a calendar by which you go
1: a few days before? I'd quite like to play golf on Saturday. Are you doing anything, Justine, at this
0: time? Yeah, but that would involve speaking to your wife as well, which is another barrier. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> if I if listen, if I can't get this one in, if I can't get this one, I mean, this is
0: heinous behavior. I just think, I just think, um, the theme so far of yours is you are casting aspersions on the behaviours of others, which are actually they might be perfectly re- reasonable behaviours. It's like. I think you need to sort of try and adopt more of a liberal mindset. Like, if it's not affecting you, then just let people get on with it. Well, this
1: one is affecting me directly because I'm the one left bereft by a lack of partners.
0: I can't just, why don't somebody catch play with someone else? Because I've turned up ready to play. Right. So, oh, sorry. So the impact on your life is that you, your pre-shot, your pre-round routine is all out of whack. It's all, you have to it's, play a bit later. Absolutely right no no just no not happening okay
1: are we gonna are we gonna have to abandon this pod because nothing goes in the room 101
0: no next up come on anything other than two ball golf oh jesus right what's the problem with that
1: well i mean medal golf at my club would just never happen.
0: Well, what I'd written down was, was golf that takes longer than three and a half hours. That's where I started with this point. And then I I thought, actually, actually sometimes golf might take a bit longer because the course might be long or you might be sort of wallowing in the sort of experience, taking pictures if it's like a trophy venue. Sometimes you've got enough time and you're quite happy for golf to take all day. So I don't necessarily think that the, it is the time thing. I think it's how that time is spent. And I think that m- my experiences of playing anything other than two, more, two, two ball golf is you just spend far too much time watching other people do it. So you just sort of stood around leaning on your driver thinking, is it my go again? yet?" Yeah. I think that just on a lower averages basis in in a four ball, you're much more likely to have someone who's slow or having a bad day so you're spending hours looking for their ball like the reason i play golf and not a team sport is because i am essentially a sociopath who doesn't really like the company of other people so i have to play with someone at golf don't i because i need someone to mark my card and i need someone to occasionally say good shot just to sort of realize that i am still in fact alive uh, but i want to play with someone who's going to get on with it bustle around uh, is not going to be um, looking for the ball in the rough all day. And I want, I want my golf to take three hours. So I think when I was thinking about this point, that the only way to do it is just say nothing more than two balls, thanks. So the, the counter argument to this is unless you're
1: basically playing at Brancaster or, or its equivalent, um, no one else is ever going to be able to play golf in your two-ball fantasy um take 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 our competition day for example um an average competition day at york we'll have 190 playing try and get them out in two balls be people teeing off at midnight fine if you live in iceland not quite so good if you're um, in northern england in early spring um also some of my favorite competitions are actually more than two ball i love a texas scramble absolutely adore it I do four-person Texas Scramble. I really like two out of four to count or three out I, of four to count. I love those te- team events.
0: Texas Scramble, okay, so I would say that is one ball golf. One ball golf is individual golf. Yeah, but I think te- your, Texas Scramble, you only record one score, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And I think that when the other person's hitting it, you're way more invested in what's going on because they're on your team. But I just think that well, firstly, you'd never get it to fly, because
1: I promise you, you we could do a poll about this on, on Twitter. Tom suggests two-ball golf only, and the, the, the Twitter abuse that you would receive for this would be sort of like paparazzi chasing Royals levels.
0: It would what, just go why? on and on and on. What don't people like about it? Just because you can't get enough people on the golf course.
1: Well, it's a, a very yeah, it's a very active club with a lot of members. You just can't get people. You can't get enough people out with two ball golf only. It's fine if you're, um, if you're at a club where there's not that kind of pressure on tee times, and there are clubs that do two ball golf. Right, I will accept this. There are some very well heeled clubs that just do two ball only. I mentioned Brancaster. They're not the only ones, though, are they? Do Walking do it? Not
0: sure. There's loads of there's loads of places. Muirfield, Muirfield. Muirfield do, yeah, but, but they were,
1: but yes, but I'd suggest that their clubs would without necessarily massive pressure on member tee times. Obviously, visitor tee times is slightly different. But you know, if you try to do two ball golf only at York, there'd be a riot. Be an absolute riot because people just wouldn't be able to play. I know, I know. A lot of our argument is in mirth today, and a lot of our stuff is over the top, and we're having a bit of a joke about it. But two ball golf would be, would yeah, you'd never, ever, 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 ever get that through.
0: But surely, all these people who want to play four ball golf, who are desperate to play every Saturday and only on a Saturday, can just go and play at a club that allows it. More two ball golf, then can I have more yeah. two ball golf? No, all right, all right. No, no, I mean, well, no, I, I, don't.
1: I think if the situation allows it and the club allows it, then then two ball golf is great. Excuse me, <clears throat> and and because there are clubs that just do two ball golf, I'm I'm not saying that the principle of two ball golf on its own is unacceptable. What I'm saying is that it's unworkable at a lot of our clubs because pressure on tea time, tee times would be so much that but, you just but- couldn't
0: do it. But the, four's just too many. Like it, it, it just takes too long. Like people are banging on about golf, the pace of playing golf. And part of the problem is it, there's too many people playing together. Yeah. I mean,
1: a lot, of, a lot of comps are in threes. Is three
0: a happy compromise? Yeah, three maybe, yeah. Uh, and then it's the same as cycling, right? People get really triggered about cyclists, don't they, on the roads. There's no problem with one cyclist or two cyclists going for a cycle together. The problem you get is when you get these wallies in like foot, a massive peloton in their lycra because they've met at the coffee shop. Uh, they were all cycling together down the middle of a single track road. That's the problem. It's the same in golf. It's just too many people. Before we get the cyclist
1: brigade on, Tom is a cyclist as well. well a keen one. I was.
0: Right. Okay. Not in. enough. Fair enough. You know,
1: I, 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 I didn't say not in. I sort of, sort of said partially not in. You can have, you can have part of it. I'll give you sort of forty percent of it.
0: Okay, it's not going in. Well, I mean that's what I'm after really. It's fifty percent of the group size. But anyway, I, I will, I will admit defeat. What's your next one? Scabby range balls.
1: <laughs> Nothing worse. I mean, there's no, there's literally no point in practicing at all. You hit some rock that's barely got any dimples on it. I'm not listen. I, I'm i I'm not I'm not talking about going to a range and expecting pristine Pro V ones or TP fives or all of that sort of stuff. I'm not. You know, I'm a realist. Golf clubs don't have a massive amount of money, and range balls cost money. But when you when you're paying your, whatever you're paying to put your token in, and you're getting balls that are cut and you're getting balls that are basically cast-offs that people have like hit out of their own bags that they're desperate to get rid of. I I, I just don't see the point in practicing when you do it like that. I'd like, I'd like a minimum standard of range ball, which is basically not looking like the surface
0: of the moon. Hmm. Why are you there? What are you there for, for this practice? What's the purpose? Well, I'm there to warm up, but I'm there to get a good
1: feel as well. I'm not I'm not asking for straight shots or anything like that. It's too late at that point on the morning of a comp to do that sort of stuff. But then, Tom, this would also apply to if you were going to do some serious practice. If you are going to the range and you want to do some serious practice, you want a decent ball, right? You, you, again, I accept that... These things get hit a lot of times. They're meant to be durable. They don't fly like like the original thing. You all you all accept that. But if you get a, a basket of 25 balls and seven of them are cut, you do feel a bit hard done by. And I do think, like, what's the point as I watch another cut ball spin 20 yards left or right out of the air?
0: Hmm. Yeah, it is annoying. I mean, I've been practising quite a bit lately and I would say that you are constantly fishing round for the proper golf ball in your practice bag. Um, range balls are not great on launch monitors either. You end up having to like tell the launch monitor using it, and then your numbers get a bit wonky. I mean, this is really middle class problems. Um, I think you can. I think you can have it still. I don't think I've got any problems with that. It feels like it feels like it's it's like Wi-Fi, isn't it? It's or a car that starts first time. It's one of these things that. Maybe 15 or 20 years ago, you'd sort of accept it because the technology was still developing. But nowadays, there's an expectation that we have Wi-Fi that works all the time, that our car starts every time we go out, that we always have mobile phone reception. And I think range balls probably falls into that camp. Manufacturing's got cheaper. The cost of the stuff's come down. Uh, people, We're trying to tell people to practice their golf all the time and to warm up properly, and that's going to help their enjoyment. And then we're asking them to... Hit a golf ball that was kind of dug out of the mud and probably manufactured at some point in the eighties. I, I think I'm with you. I think it's. A, I think it's. A, I think it's a reasonable minimal minimum expectation.
1: I, I'm glad that I haven't completely embarrassed myself in this debate. There's plenty of time for me to do so.
0: Why do you think you've embarrassed yourself? Just because you failed to get anything in the room? Because
1: not only have I failed to get anything into the room, I've failed to make any coherent arguments to get it into the room, apart from that last one. I felt like I was getting into a flow there.
0: Uh, Now, my next one is people who say you should get a drop from a divot. Oh, say no more. It's in. It's just straight
1: in. It's just straight in. But you didn't expect me to say anything else, did you? I mean, I'm a rules of
0: golf guy. Well, yeah, but I mean, you do, do, I mean, to be honest with you, you are also quite inconsistent in your views. You do flip-flop around. Like we've had that, what was that thing last week about... uh, Yeah, we don't need to go over that.
1: (laughs) Uh, I don't want, I don't, I I I, I want more competitions while not playing in
0: competitions. That's what it was. If you, if you have a look when this, because people raise this quite a lot on Twitter, don't they? Like it often comes up in... uh, uh, tour events when someone might hit it in a divot and then people will say ridiculous they've been able to ask to play out of that or whatever um, and then there's a debate online and I I think actually the balance of stuff falls down on people saying yeah you should get a drop out of a divot because it's like totally unfair like you've hit the fairway or whatever. It does, um, that, that's, what, that's what a lot of people think. I find it incredible though that like, because... You are, i mean it is possible to get a variable lie on a fairway that's not in a divot for a start um many 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 types of bad break exist in golf um where you could have hit an equally bad shot and got a totally different result so fortune and bad fortune is a massive part of the game um but i think the biggest the biggest thing for me in terms of why you wouldn't drop out of a divot is how on earth do you define a divot is like the correct um, answer as a rules official. Like you'd just be in, a, you'd be in a terrible mess, wouldn't you? Like what happens if you want an old divot that's been replaced for a start?
1: So well, so I'll give you an example of this in practice. It's, it's not relating to divots, but it relates to animal holes. You know the, the the sort of arguments, not arguments, but the discussions I have with golfers about what is a hole and what is not a hole um, would actually sort of blow your mind. Um, and, and I think it would be a, a very similar thing with divots. Um, you know, what would you – the rules of golf would, ha- would have to classify what a divot is, and they would have to classify it to sort of the nth degree. What, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about a gouge in the ground, or are we talking about someone who's just roughed up the surface and basically not not made it pure? Um, where is the definition? People will say, well, it's dead easy, but it's not because golfers – give them an inch they take a mile that's the reality it's why you've got rules in the first place um i did it i did um a video about this you can find it at the depths of youtube with um the late john Paramo, um god bless him um who uh basically would just say it's just the look of the it's just the look of the shot get on with it you don't get any relief you know other people will say." well, you know, you can hit your ball into the rough and you get a very good lie in the rough. You then stamp on the ball because you've hit a bad shot and um, you, you're not entitled to have the lie that you have. It's just not that big a deal. Um, secondly, it's not that hard a shot. I think people make, un- unless, unless you're in basically a massive gouge, it's not that difficult a shot. I think people get way more distressed about hitting it out of that slight imperfection. Um, than they should do and yeah just get on with it it's in it's in Tom
0: it's 100% in isn't it I, I think the people who said that I just people who say it I just don't think they get it like as in it's just it's just a really really weird thing to focus on well, plus it's well, also well, a skill it's also a it's also like a, another variable in golf it's a skill hitting it out of a divot yeah I actually I don't
1: particularly find it a difficult shot maybe that's just me um, and I sweep the ball. I don't compact the ball. So in theory, it should be a harder shot for me. But I, I do seem to manage to punch it and deal with it quite well. But I think the, comp- the complaints about Divot is that people are told, hit your ball into the fairway. It's the fairway. So they think that when they perform a shot as they're supposed to, that they should 100% be given a good lie they should be able to hit their shot then from the surface into which they've struck the ball and not have the misfortune of um, playing out of a divot. But it, it, it's these little imperfections for me that make the game great. You know, you you hit your ball into a bunker. It's not always plugged, is it? But sometimes it might be. It's the uncertainty, I think, that makes the game special.
0: No, yeah, And your, your rough point is also correct. Like it 50 yards left off our 50 in that match, in our forcements match with Hannah, ended up on a grass path. Either side of it is thick bund, but that's them's the brakes, right? Absolutely, you're in it's in, yes. Can you put an opinion in a room? People who say you should get a drop from a divot, it's just it's like an ethereal thing, isn't it? But anyway, it's in. Have you got you're on a roll now here, so have you got any more?
1: Yes, Uh, well, because I want to listen now, why? (laughs) Because I've said more than I wanted to about divots, so. Okay,
0: my next one's all golf trousers.
1: I was going to say shorts.
0: Well, I sort <laughs> of knew you were. <laughs> uh, I, think I, thought of, I think it's coming at it from slightly different angles. There's no such thing as good golf trousers. Like, it's impossible. Um, some people, I think it may be. So, I've got, I've got quite a flat bump. And I've, because I've got a flat bum, I've noticed that other people have got quite flat bums. Uh, and I think that's a big problem for golfers, that they don't have enough glutes, and therefore trousers look bloody awful. Uh, and I've, I, I've, I've never, ever managed to find a decent pair of golf trousers. So you either end up with like some sort of like af leisure type thing, where it's kind of like polyester, and you just wouldn't wear it any, anywhere else other than the golf course. And I, I mean, I have committed several kind of trouser sins over the years. I've definitely had some like weird sort of flared golf trousers that were sort of grippy around the uh, quads and then sort of flared out of the bottom at one point. I definitely had some sort of orange sort of bin man trousers uh, with a white belt um, 15 years ago. I don't mind admitting that. Um, but I'm more talking about the sort of bog standard, like why can't we just have a nice pair of well-fitted chinos to play golf in? So you then forced off to go and try and unearth these things from somewhere else. So you, do, I mean, I, do, I
1: very rarely see you in conventional golf trousers. You you yeah. are in you are sort of rocking that kind of chino look, aren't you? Which is acceptable well, on the golf course.
0: I think that's what you have to do. You have to go and try and find like a sort of half jean, sort of like properly cut trouser from somewhere else because there, there's no such thing as a, a normal pair of golf trousers.
1: I I am. I've had I've committed every faux pas in this regard that it's possible to have done. I mean I've had the sort of early 2000s Tiger woods trousers where you could have basically made 10 pairs of trousers out of the, out of the material. I've had the I've had the colored bright colored trousers blue. I don't think I've had white I might have done I've definitely had sort of like a turquoise absolute shockers they were shockers at the time i knew as soon as i got them out of the packaging that i was basically going to wear them once and that was it and i wore them once got them snagged under a tree and never wore them again Uh, i mean i've committed every trouser crime that's possible to commit i'm not sure about modern trousers um i have i have reviewed a couple of really good pairs recently um you can find those reviews on our website They, they were but I'm kind of sort of stuck at the moment with this um, with this sort of tapered fit. That we're going for slim fit trousers now, aren't we? In the golf yes, world, there I'm we go. fo- I'm I'm 46. Uh, nothing that is accentuating anything that bulges on my lower torso is is doing me any good yeah. whatsoever. Maybe and this kind of up. and this kind of like tapered fit at the bottom. You know, I I don't basically. They're not swimming trunks. I don't want to be trying to fight them off my ankles. And one more on this debate, Tom. Uh, one more um, before I let you go full vent. But I think I am going to agree with you. Um, is the new fascination with joggers? I got sent a pair of joggers to review. Um, I have never been so self-conscious on a golf course in my life. I got out of the car. I thought that everyone was staring at me. I went round the course. I thought like I was about to go to the gym not play golf, um, I got into the clubhouse to be greeted with several looks of utter contempt, and rightly so. Um, <laughs> nobody nobody nearing 50 needs to be – just like, yeah. I, 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 I'm yeah. i going to say one more thing. I'm off for now, aren't I? I'm going to say one more thing. Zips on golf trousers. Can we just find a zip that actually zips up and stays up? I don't want to be like halfway through a round. I'm like flying without a license
0: all the time. It's awful. But why is there nothing? Why is there nothing between a sort of traditional pair of khaki Farris with a turn up that are far too baggy and these stupid, yeah, like you're saying, like three quarter jogger things?
1: In their in their defence of golf trousers, they do do very well in inclement conditions. You know, t- today's modern golf trouser is very good in the rain.
0: Right. So you were going to put shorts in. So I think the opposite. So I'm basically saying that as soon as the clocks go forward, that's it. You just put your shorts on every day. I mean, I think this is a, this is a personal one, I suppose. So I'm
1: not expecting people to agree with me, but, but a couple of things, I mean, like firstly, um, I'm a pasty Celtic, you know, I'm, I'm basically like, I mean, if my legs see sun, they turn to dust. Um, uh, so no one see, no one needs to see my legs, basically, um, especially for five months of the year. And the huge amounts of cash that I already spend on sun cream to stop being incinerated in a round of golf would basically have to be trebled if I if I subjected my legs to the light. But secondly, I mean, like look, as 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 a group of golfers, you know, as golfers as a collective, we're not an exactly athletic breed, are we? We're not, you know, and especially as we sort of kind of put this as nicely as possible, get over, get older, um, things that were once taught are not very taught anymore. And I just think that, like, when you see when you see sort of an average golfer squeezed into some shots like they're
0: budgie smugglers, and you're about to drop into a pool, it's just not it's just not great. Yeah, but so I think I'm right there with you on the middle age spread thing. Uh, but I think shorts if you're clever with shorts it avoids having to wear like a polo shirt because you kind of get in your cooling in your lower half which means you can put a jumper on cover up all manner of upper body sins that's kind of that's the trick you're missing
1: here but that's not what happens though is it what happens is you do get that devilish combination
0: <laughs> yeah it is it, when you get too hot and you have to take your jumper off and then you're then you're very exposed yeah It's not good. I
1: mean, I I do think that golf shorts, as a as as a product, are as as heinous as golf trousers in the sense that they just appear to be short golf trousers. I mean, there's like (laughs) you 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 could basically just like take a pair of scissors to your golf trousers, cut them off, and they would be exactly the same. I mean, is is there any specific? yeah, brands is- brands are going to be going crazy with me here. But is there any specific tailoring about golf trousers or golf shorts? Whenever I've got them out, wherever I've looked at them, they just look they just look like short trousers.
0: Yeah, some of them only have one pocket as well, which is just terrible. Anyway, so we'll put both things in. I think anything any sort of lower half apparel can go in because uh, I mean the same applies to uh, waterproof bottoms. Literally, the most ill fitting thing going, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah, impossible to get on and off yeah always far too big make the, yeah all of that any lower half power can go in there's
1: just there's no heat control either so if you're having to wear them on a day where it's where the temperature's above 16 you're basically
0: boiling from the waist down yeah that's quite good right i've got i've got one more quite good one i think okay bunker rakes in or out no just don't have them oh you're going full stop you're gonna go old school I think this is the answer. This is one of the answers anyway. So it's sort of similar to what we were saying earlier about divots, like bunkers are supposed to be a hazard, right? And in the same way that the rough is um, supposed to be a hazard where you have an opportunity to recover. That's what makes it interesting. That's why they're much more interesting than um, a water hazard because you have the opportunity to get up and down and and play can continue without having to take a drop. Um, I wonder at what point in golf in history it became expected that you get a pristine line in the bunker. Um, and even the most well raked bunker, you still don't have a consistent experience in the bunker because you might have, you might be up the lip at the back of the bunker. You might have one foot in, you might have one foot out, or you might be, um, fortuitous and be completely central. Um, so the, the experience is already random. Um, these days because of how equipment's moved on and because of what what we now understand about coaching and because um, at many golf courses you have sort of uniformity of sand and this expectation of bunkers going to be raped is that people are, the the bunker is no longer a hazard. So people would, people obviously people are variable short games but people tend to take a similar number of shots from bunkers as they do from the edge of the green when faced with a chip. Um, so it's not a hazard, it's just somewhere else to play from um, so I think if we did away with bunker rates A, we could stop arguing about whether they were left in or out B, it would save time and C, it would return the bunker to being the hazard it should be because you would get um, variable lines. Um, Yeah uh, I think that you're giving
1: a lot of club golfers credit for being able to hit our bunkers. The reality is we can't. We're terrible at it, largely. Um secondly, uh I I do agree with you largely on rakes. Um my major problem is that not is that golfers rake them badly. So actually you're in a bad lie in a bunker that someone's raked. So what's the point in having them? If you can't if you can't rake it properly, you know, you can't spend that time trying to restore the surface then there isn't that much point in doing the job in the first place I'd rather take my chance out of a sort of slight footprint than a really bad rake where you've got all those kind of rake marks and then the ridged the ridge kind of sand in between I'd rather take my chance I think out of a footprint I think I I think I could possibly get a better light out of the print than I could out of um some big rake marks um I, I think Harry Varden would love you Um, for these debates yeah because they they obviously played at a time when um when bunkers did not have rakes in them so i think you're harking back to a kind of golden age era of golf i'm not sure the modern golfer is generally going to be with you when it comes to rakes because they they want everything lovely um but i on the balance of probability i tend to agree with you i tend to think that bunkers are a hazard if you've hit your ball in a bunker there should be some difficulty in getting it out. And I also think we survived during COVID. And well, it was yeah. fine. Yeah. I, yeah, I know you that's... could I know some I know some clubs allowed you to place their ball, didn't they? But but some others didn't and we survived, didn't we?
0: I'm gonna fess up here that this is not actually my point. It's um Dan pointed it out during COVID and he's written about it for uh, NCG. It is I think it's a phenomenally good point. Um the people saying the game's getting too easy and it takes too long, and we're obsessed with golf course presentation, and that would solve a lot of problems all in one go. I think.
1: But I mean, I, I, to take your argument further, I'd actually take a lot of bunkers out of golf courses. I think, I think your average golf course has far too many bunkers in. If you talk to, if you talk to the course manager, it takes way too long to maintain them. It takes way too much money. Sand is extremely expensive. Um, and you can recreate the challenge with a very well presented grassy hollow, à la Um So I would, if if I was, desi- I think if we were designing golf today, we'd have far fewer bunkers.
0: Yeah, I mean the other, the other side of this is that sandy wastelands are like very um, in vogue, aren't they? Pandy areas or whatever they're yeah. described. They don't have rakes, do they? Nope. No, and
1: um, it's a joy hitting out of those, well, it's not a joy hitting into them in the first place, but it's a joy hitting out of those areas at the likes of Ganton and Princes and so on. So is, that,
0: is this in? I've got it in, haven't
1: I? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I'll, I'll take some abuse for allowing it, um, but uh, but we're going to take far more abuse for divots. So, you know, while
0: while we're making people angry, we might as well go the whole hog. Right, okay. So I think Room 101 is getting quite full now. So people who say you should get dropped from a divot lower half apparel and bunker rakes. Did any of yours make it in? Scabby range balls. Scabby range balls. Bad range balls. Mm. Just need to get my uh, tweet ready. People say you should take a drop from a divot. Golf trousers, bunker rakes and bad range balls are in Tom and Steve's. The From the Clubhouse room 101 of golf, which I suspect might expand might it, over the years. Maybe we should have a a regular feature where we put something new in every week. It's a good idea. Right. Tell us what you think, please. We'd love to hear from you about what you would put in your Golf Room 101. Please do subscribe to our podcast on Apple or Android or wherever you get your pods these days. Uh, Enjoyed that, Steve. I will see you next week. Cheers, Tom.